try to stay as positive as I can because that's all this movie did, except for the times that it didn't. Uh, hi, welcome after the hype of your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Artisty. There's no reason to be sad at all. Chewy Darso. Hi. And, well, nobody else. <laughs> and uh, so this week, we are talking Mary Poppins Returns. Boy. Uh, she came out. Came back. She came back, <laughs> and she wasn't happy. She she was a little less happy. That yeah. is true. They they play the character a little differently. Yeah. Um, this movie came out late last year. Made a decent amount of money. Had some pretty good reviews. Didn't have as great reviews as I'm sure they thought they were going to have. Um, and overall, if you look at people online, it's a mixture of it's the best movie ever. And it's one of the worst, and we're going to see where we land. Because I haven't fully made up my mind. Mm. And I think this conversation will help me do so. Hopefully it does. Hopefully, because if I'm still in this middle, like, I'm not sure. I'm going to be very disappointed. (laughs) Uh, But before we do any of that, let's do a where have you been doing? And I can not go first. John, where have you been doing? I need to think. Uh, yeah, so I finished. I finally finished Veronica Mars oh. with uh, season four. It was only, what, eight episodes, so it didn't take very long. And yeah, I'm glad I'm done with the show. I, I think the very first, the first two seasons, well, the first season is amazing. The second season is good. Third season's garbage. And the fourth season is, you know, it's entertaining. Is the fourth season the one that came later, like when it got rebooted? When she's an adult? yeah well separate. they're all it's all sequential so there was a movie that i didn't get a chance to see because you had to have a stars or epics package with hulu to get the oh movie. sure yeah and then i just wikipedia the movie and i was like okay it's still are they aren't they with logan eccles so whatever cool i'll just skip to the show and yeah the show's later it's just what fun. i don't remember if they say how, how many years later but she's older uh keith mars character the character of keith mars is way older but overall still enjoyable yeah i think because the season four was condensed a lot of the humor was a lot more potent and it pays off a lot of stuff that was established in seasons one two and three a lot of those relationships are the season four doesn't do anything but pay off those relationships so if you kind of have to have seen those but because of that and all that history of the show the the jokes were just landing every character joke character moment and it's uh, Rob Thomas, who, so he's also done iZombie and uh, sure, Party, yeah. uh, not Party of Five. That's the '90s show. The one about the caterers, Paw Patrol. No, <laughs> no. Oh, uh, with the pink party down, party, yeah, party, party, party down. down. Yeah. So it's got that that humor Arrested that... Development. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's for it, the record. I knew the answer the whole time. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Good thing they could see that on your face. <laughs> he just did it all for the lols. Oh man, no. I enjoyed them. <laughs> they were someone enjoyed them at least. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was good. It was it's worth watching. The whole thing is it just gets rough around season three, where it's basically three different seasons worth of content crammed into one twenty-two season, and neither none of them are good compared to the Ooh. compared to the really strong first season and the very interesting and intriguing second season just it falls apart so you have to you have to kind of wade your way through to get to season four but as far as an ending and a finisher they don't need to make more because it it just it's and they have a clear-cut ending to this aren't they making more that would be sad if they are i thought they were i could be wrong uh i can go i figured out what i can talk about um i recently decided it'd be a good idea for both me and for my marriage to uh, insist that my wife watch all of the Child's Play movies. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we recently, as of Got last Got a divorce? Week, <laughs> there's a reason that I keep forgetting that I've even seen these to use them as my word I've been doing. Recently, uh, we decided to catch up to Seed of Chucky, which is what I will talk about today. Seed of Chucky might be the worst movie I have ever paid to see. It is easily the worst movie I own. I also own such gems as The Room. Um, I I don't even really know what to say. (laughs) Except sorry. It is one of those movies where I strongly encourage everyone to watch Seed of Chucky. It is... (laughs) 
so unbelievably bad that you are going to hate every second of it. It will not be an enjoyable experience, but just to make you feel better about every decision you've ever made in your life, be it creative or non-creative, see if Chucky is there to go, somebody made a worse decision about everything. Um, <laughs> it is a real morale booster because no matter what at the end of it, no matter what you do after it, it's more productive than you than spending your time watching Seed of Chucky. I have lost four hours of my life in Seed of Chucky. So you watched it like three times? I've seen, oh, I guess, yeah, it's not two hours, like an hour and a half. So I've lost three hours of my life. But I even described it to Chewie last night. I'm like, no, Seed of Chucky is a far better horror film. You can literally watch it, reach out of the screen and grab hours of your life and eat them in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) It, uh... So Seed of Chucky, <laughs> my where have you been doing? I'm not going to describe anything about the movie. It's that bad. It really is. Like, what, what's the you factor on it? There's, <sighs> a, there's a moment when Chucky has to masturbate and he asks for a little help and his oh, geez. Okay. wife doll flashes him and you just get a full frontal moment of doll boobs. With nipples. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And John Waters watches him do it. Yeah, and he says, thank God for the little people. Yeah. Okay. It's just like, what God. the living fuck? <laughs> Wish we could have watched that. It is. It, oh. <laughs> wow. If it, I tell you what, it makes me like Mary Poppins Returns a hell of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, with that in, t- in terms of context... My opinion on the movie changes completely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so there's nothing to bring a conversation or a grinding halt of like, yes, you see the Chucky? Leave. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chewie, what about you? Where have uh, you been doing? Well, I did watch another trailer while at work. This time I didn't watch it with sound, so I'm sorry. But I'll <sighs> review it, re-watching it again without sound. So. What is the trailer? The trailer Actually, is you know what? the new Don't movie. Don't tell us. Just start describing it. I'm going right. to see if John I can it's guess. It's an Amazon original. Uh, there's clouds. There's two dudes staring at the sky. Uh, they're in a town hall. It's in London. It's raining. Uh, <laughs> British people doing stuff. British people looking at the sky. Hey, there's a there's a could be Pakistani, could be Indian. Don't know guy. Uh, British woman looking at a postcard. British woman walking around. I have no <laughs> idea what this movie is. Uh. <laughs> but it's Eddie Redmayne and I always forget her name, Jenner. So, oh, Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. Okay, oh, okay. Felicity Jones now in a cool outfit, looking at the sky. Lots of looking at the sky and being British. How old is this? This is a new movie. No, it's like what period out. is it set in? Uh, Victorian era. Victorian era. Okay. Oh, there's a cl- there's oh. a balloon. Oh, I know what this oh. is. Yeah, yeah, the aeronauts or something. Yes, yeah, the aeronauts. There uh, we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would not have got that based off of the minute. British people doing stuff. <laughs> Well, without sound, you're really left going. Because that encompasses all. So PBS now they're content. they're in the balloon, they're in the sky, and there's butterflies everywhere. Oh boy! And it just, it looks like just a whimsical movie about a lot of British people looking at the sky, being British. And now it's you sure raining. You watching Mary Good Poppins They're in the sky. They're in Britain, and it's raining. Whoa. Oh no! That never, never happens. Yeah, that there. would never happen. Ooh. More people looking at the sky. Like this, without sound, the trailer is not that enthralling. No, it just looks like a lot. Of, I'm trying to peek now. It's, Wait, yeah. is, is the movie now called Heads Up? Uh, it kind should be. Of, should, it kind of looks this like December. That. It gets cold up there. Looks you're like they're screaming yelling into the sky. Yep, oh, oh, so up to your mi- your limits in the sky. Uh, I I'm not seeing this one. But I want to, though. Oh, I guess I'll see it. Looks good. I, but, <laughs> I do want to. Just without sound, the trailer is really lackluster. A, but at one point... That was the best 180 I ever, I ever heard. There, with sound, there is one point where Eddie Redmayne goes up to Felicity Jones and goes, you can only... Only you can get me higher. Does he whisper yell it like Jupiter ascending? <laughs> only you can get me higher! <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn. But it just, it does look like a fun movie where it's all about inspirational and how the dude wants to do a thing and he can't do it without the woman's help. And honestly, it doesn't look like they're falling in love during the trailer, so that's great. I'm sure they it will. It looks like they're just working together. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Poppins returns. She came back. She came back. She's back, y'all. Mary Poppins ends. 
Mary Poppins. <laughs> it all ends. She's back in the habit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, Chewy, I'm going to say it's your turn to tell us what happens in this okay. thing. Okay. Although, technically, I think it's John's. You already said okay, so... Well, I'm going to do it in the style of it. Oh, boy. 30 years later. <laughs> The children are now adults, Mm -hmm. and they have problems. (laughs) And this mysterious being comes into their lives and says, I'm going to fix your problems, but causes more problems, and just kind of kidnaps his children and takes them to magical places where they're first scared, but then it's whimsical, and it's kind of dangerous, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, there's some evil people trying to destroy their lives, and could it be Mary Poppins? I don't know. (laughs) Could it be Pennywise? Could it be Pennywise? (laughs) (laughs) And then they all float down here. (laughs) They do all grab balloons and float. Georgie runs away and they're like, oh no, Georgie. And Georgie brings down the mystical thing that doesn't kill him in this movie. Watch out for the storm drains. They don't exist yet. Watch out for Melinda Manuel's accent. But seriously. It'll get you. Seriously. 30 years later, adults having problems and children having problems. They just kind of merge it here. We're all having problems. A mystical being that causes a lot of things to happen. And maybe it's just a giant fever trip after finding it and just trying to turn it into a British lady that's not scary. It kind of works. <laughs> I think the clown thing's not working. Let me switch gears a little bit. <laughs> Clown, too creepy. If I say I'm a nanny, nanny, he'll just they'll good. just let me in the house and I'll eat the children. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty much everything, though. I mean, that's, that's you, it. That you, wins. You edited it up, but at the same time, it works. Yeah. Uh, so let's do a quick round the table on this thing. Uh, give yourself out of ten. How well do you remember the original Mary Poppins? Because I feel like that has a lot to do with your either enjoyment or non-enjoyment of Mary Poppins Returns. And I can go first. If you'd ask me any day out of the blue how well do I remember Mary Poppins, I'd say probably like 6 out of 10. Uh, <coughs> having watched Mary Poppins Returns and having Chewie point out all the nods to the original, maybe 2 out of 10. I guess I don't really remember it that well at all. Um, I know I liked it. I always liked it. I always mm-hmm. thought the, uh, I love Step in Time. I like, you know, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious to finish the whole word. Um I always enjoyed the movie. I just never really felt like one I'd return to often. Uh, but that was me. So I guess, honestly, two out of ten-ish. Joey, what about you? Uh, so it's out of ten? Out of ten. How well do you so remember the I would, well, I would probably say five. Because, I mean, I remember most of the songs. I remember their antics. And I remember that the whole point of it was that the both the parents were really wrapped up into their own stuff. So they weren't very uh, good parents in a way. Uh, The mom in the original is a suffragette and she's just kind of flighty. It just doesn't have the best uh, view of suffragettes in the movie where it's like, I want to be empowered. I'm going to sing about it and not pay attention to my children. That's really what it felt like with the mom in the original movie. Um, And the dad is just really wrapped up in his job at the bank and how he doesn't want that to be ruined and how... His version of being a good parent is telling his children to start investing young. And it's just like both parents aren't very invested in their children in the movie. And that's why Mary Poppins comes to fix that, essentially. Sure. Make sure the kids understand that they're kids and can be whimsical and that the parents need to understand that they need to pay attention to their kids and be a little bit more like kids so to have fun with their kids. All good messages? Yeah, it's a great message. The movie is just essentially stop being a fuddy-duddy. <laughs> and then this movie just... We'll, we'll, we'll get to this movie. To, yeah. Yeah. We'll get to this one. John, how old do you remember the original? Uh, well, when I started watching Mary Poppins Returns, I thought that I remembered the first one about 7 out of 10. Yeah. And then at the end of Mary Poppins Return, a, a cameo shows up that confused me. So I went, had to go back and look something up. So I'm going to give myself a 5 or 6. I wonder if it's the same cameo that we had where it's like, yeah, did she play the mom in the original? Like, why is she here? Is it the same person? Not that one. There's another one where I was like, wasn't he supposed to be dead from laughing? Oh. And there was a confusion there and I had to look it up and get the like, oh, this is actually what it was. And so I was like, okay, cool. So yeah. like I, I danced between that five and seven range just because there was some weird confusion in the, the cameo. 
that had made me actually have to go back. So it seems like both of you had a little bit more knowledge going into this thing than I unfortunately did. I really need to rewatch the original Mary Poppins. Like, if out. there was an actual villain in the original, <laughs> I don't remember because we haven't rewatched. I don't it. remember there being there, a villain at the, all. But it's more of the whole the family drama, like the father not being a good father to his kids by not being there. And it's all wrapped up in that. The bank is a yeah, loose so antagonist. It, so that's what I mean. I'm like, it yeah. really is about not being a fuddy-duddy. Yeah, the, the bank head of the bank is technically the villain because he's being so hard on George Banks, who's then as hard on his kids and is too wrapped up in work. But that's more of the circumstance being the antagonist and yeah. not actually a person. Sure. No Colin Firth in the original. Right. Yeah. So it yeah. ends up being the father who is essentially so, a villain in the beginning because the kids don't understand and he doesn't understand them. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, that... Yeah. So the original Mary Poppins is deeper than this movie. Oh, by by leaps and bounds. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's kind of where I'm going to start with this one. And, and if you are a big fan of this movie, I'm not trying to take anything away from you. I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, <laughs> I just... I don't think that there is a lot in this movie at all. It's kind of from the way that I saw it, having not a lot of love for the original, cause I don't remember it beyond just loving it for what it did for film, which is shitloads. Um, this just kind of felt like a random collection of very well shot, very well edited, beautifully choreographed sequences, vignettes, vignettes, events. It's just kind of a ramble, rambling kind of like, all right, we're going to go over here and do this. I'm going to go do this. All do designed this. with a purpose to, evoke what you remember from the first movie exactly or what you think you remember from it yeah and like and that's fine i guess yeah. it's just it's a very well orchestrated trip down memory lane for memories that i don't have so it really i found myself tremendously bored throughout the in the messages <sighs> in this movie are really garbled for me i after, have a lot of problems with the after messages this watching movie. it i'm like well what so uh, i don't remember mary poppins being so pushy in the first movie, no, to be personally, f- but I, she could have been, but she just really barges into places on without like even with her cousin, we like clearly is just like please leave me alone, and she's just like I ain't gonna do that. Not today, then never. <laughs> um, but to be fair, they they were really clear about how they wanted uh, Emily Blunt to follow her own interpretation of the Mary Poppins character from the books and not just recreate Julie Andrews, which I think was probably the right choice. And that might have led to oh, that. Her performance was great. I yeah. loved her as Mary oh, Poppins. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to Emily Blunt eventually. I but she just kind of, she just felt like she railroaded people to me. Yeah. And I, I that might be and I think the that difference is, between the book and uh, uh, the Walt Disney version. I also think it's the problem of the creative team behind this. Like oh Rob Marshall and Rob Marshall Rob Marshall and probably Rob Marshall yeah I um, I mean it's also I'm an adult now I'm not a kid so yeah. her if she was if she was like that in the original I would have just been like she just knows what she wants we rem- I think we re- a lot of people remember her the way that Emily Blunt portrayed her in this movie does but there was a, a sense of a prim like she was a bridge between her their father and them kind of being she- like that weird level of strict but like. No, you are kids, though. From the very little I remember the original movie, I remember Julie Andrews being just a little bit goofier. Like, yeah. just kind of a little more... But she was more whimsical. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to describe. It's hard to describe. She kept that... There was a politeness. There was, like, a cultural politeness and respectability that she kept. I thought Emily Blunt still had that. I thought yeah, she yeah. still nailed that. It was... But it... What she happens is... The fun edge that Julie yeah. Andrews had. Like, it just wasn't... She was a little more proper. Right. A little more stern. And like, I think that's fine. It's just very British. Yeah. But, okay, so we had that. Um, and then you have the message of like, well, the, just like the final message of this movie where it's in the first one, it's about learning how to be a kid and how to relate to your kids. And in this movie, it ends up feeling like it's more about the, all right, now we need to understand how to make proper investments. Like, it actually is about that. Because at the end... He he made a bad investment in taking out a loan, and the whole movie's catalyst evilness is based on that. So he he is ended up being irresponsible with money, which is what his father was afraid of, and then it ends up being with a lie, or whether or not it was true, I don't know. You think it was a lie? It could have yeah, been I true. Yeah, it was a lie. Where they invest his his uh pop? I forgot what it's called. Tuppence. Tuppence. Uh, and in, with good sound investments, it turned out to be quite the nest egg. And don't worry about your house anymore. And it's just, 
That's the saving grace is either a lie or a proper investment that you start when you're young, which was what they had problems with in the first movie. I'm 99% sure that was a lie because otherwise like, don't worry, you will just take it. It's like, I'll take the money. I'll pay you back in installments. And it's still, it's still a strange message (laughs) because in in the end, the message of this movie is still be good with your money. Yeah. That is a very strange message to say. It is a strange message, especially. It's a good message. I mean, I mean it's a good message, but, but it, that's not a kid. I mean, I guess, I mean, it does. I've always been a big proponent of there should be adult themes in kids' movies at the same there time. But the, just from what I remember as a child and getting out of the first movie, I would not get that from this. The, the whimsy and the wonderfulness, I don't feel that I would have gotten the same thing as a child out of this movie. I don't so. think so. But this movie. Uh, We'll get into maybe maybe we're just yeah. here. Uh, this movie's not made for kids. This movie's yeah, made for people in their thirties to bring their kids to it. Yeah, because I mean, this movie the the taking the kids on adventures is more of a distraction yeah. than it is le- just being a kid. Yeah. Well, and I think my like I had, there was a similar question on that read, but I had as I was going through this movie and then looking back at the other one, there was a sense of you know time is fleeting in the first movie. You got to value your time with your family and your kids. And that may require understanding what it's like to be a kid and vice versa. Like trying to let go of the things that adulthood break, like that ruin you. Uh, Like the the things that in adulthood that aren't as important. Like your job isn't as important as your kids and your family. Whereas this was like never grow up. There's a connection to it there about how the parents (laughs) forgot everything (laughs) uh, until she shows up again. And then they're like, oh, what was that? Was that real? But if you go by the last scene, the last scene is... It's it's good to feel like a kid. You have to be a kid. Everything has to. You have to go back to that time because that's the best time. Don't lose sight of being a kid, or like which I feel like is a weird read on the first movie. This movie has a lot of weird reads on the first movie. My bigger problem with the ending message was, uh, who was she talking to? Mary Poppins is talking to somebody. She's like, you know, the, all the adults will forget tomorrow, uh, and she's like, yeah, I know they always do. And it's like, what? except for Jack. Except for Jack, for some reason, and probably all the other. Learys. Yeah. And I'm guessing all the chimney sweeps out there are still out and there doing honestly, their thing. And honestly, that has a strange message to it too. Because he's a single man who is just a general worker. He doesn't really have that much responsibility. So does that mean that general workers are like kids and you don't grow up <laughs> until you get an executive job? Like, I think that's just kind of the problem. I don't know. To... I'm reaching there. No, I think, it's but... not that you're reaching. We have to. That like After watching this movie, we find ourselves having to reach for something because what did this movie say? This movie said bring your kids to it. Yeah, that, a, that's... it really did. Because even like all the nods to the original movie, I enjoyed it. I, th- I yeah. was worried that they would annoy me, but I actually enjoyed it because a lot of the nods were in the production design or in the dance sequences. Yeah. And even with the Don't Judge a Book by its cover song, I don't remember the actual name yeah. of it. Uh, just when they're dancing with the canes, they they do some dance moves that they did in the original movie with the umbrellas. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. No, like the the long and the short of it, you look at this movie, you can guarantee Rob Marshall loves the fuck out of the original. Like mm-hmm. there is so much love for the source material in this movie, it's just oozing out of its pores. I just I wish that the I enjoyed the product. Like yeah. because like I can sit there and it's almost like a FOMO thing of like I'm sitting around like I'm missing out on that party. Like because this party, I'm I'm not invited to it. Because I don't remember the first one very well, if at all. I know I've seen it. All these references are going over my head. And because I'm not really understanding what they're referencing, I just kind of feel like I'm left out to pasture going, what is this? And that's, I th- yeah, I mean, that's the point of the movie. Like, you have to have seen the first one, have that. It really wants the people. It is for people who watched the original and have that nostalgia for it. Otherwise, it's nothing it's a nothing movie yeah, it, it feels and like, it's not it's i don't want to be that harsh it's not nothing it's just but to, but to your connection to it you can't sure, connect yeah. to it and I, I, as much as i love just beating the shit out of disney because it is one of my favorite pastimes now like the there's not like when it finished chewy said she liked it and i'm like i'm not sure i i, I know i didn't hate it because i don't think this is a hateable movie this movie is aggressively entertaining from beginning to end so like whether or not i had a clue what the fuck was going on is kind of irrelevant because i was entertained everything yeah. on the screen is done to perfection yeah it's and, it's entertaining and it's going to hit those notes it's going to attempt to hit those notes whether it does or not for you i mean they're, they're going all out they yeah. don't they don't pull any punches with 
how entertaining is, they want to make this. In my opinion, this is the best Rob Marshall has made a movie since Chicago. Like he just he he had everything he needed to hit. It's just that he had a very specific audience that if you're a part of, I can see why you love it. I totally get it. But if you're not a part of that audience, this isn't bringing anybody else in. I mean, the in. the audience is the nostalgia of the nostalgic 30-year-olds. Nostalgic 30-year-olds. Who year want olds. a fun movie to take their kids to, but then they can also relate to the movie in their new 30-ness yeah. of financial concerns and I could lose my house. Yeah. And as we're butting up to a new recession, all of this is yeah. very relatable. Like that's, I mean, that's <laughs> the the audience, specific audience is the 30-year-olds with money. Yeah. That are going to take their, yeah, that's the, and uh. with kids, they're hoping that you still, you have the money to take your kids to a movie. Yeah. And like, that's the thing is then everything they put on the screen is definitely for kids. Like the, yeah. the, we mentioned it when we were watching it, uh, kind of moving through the movie. When we get to that point where they're like, Oh, mother's bull, mother's bull was priceless. Like we should just sell the bull and then we can save the house. And then they go break the bull. It's very sad and scary and whatever. So they have to dive into the bull to help fix things. Everything from the moment they dive into the bowl to the moment they get out of it, I think is far and away the strongest stuff. In the it's movie. the best dance and music sequence. I mean, the, I loved the the book song. The book song the is great. I love like the, uh, I mean, I always like Lin-Manuel just because, but his entire sequence, like the whole, uh, you should tell this story. Isn't that story a little long? Yes, you tell it fast then. And just trying to keep up with that story as he's just flying through. It's like, man, he's that good. Was, that was an exercise. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, I can't move my lips that fast. And I'm just sitting here like, man, <laughs> this is entertaining. I love the Colin Firth wolf. I love the chase scene with the wolf, especially when like he's losing. And just like the, just the imagination of it, of like, how do we get out of the sequence? Break the bull. And he smacks the bull and the bull starts cracking. And it's like, this is awesome but it's 30 minutes of a two and a half hour movie that I'm like, I don't really care about the other two hours, but man, that, that sequence. Was yeah. Great. Especially the sequence with the uh, triple little light. Fantastic. I'll just give that song a credit that that is the only song that the specific hook to it stuck in my head. Yeah. I have that. And then I just have London sky. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't know the rest of that song. I just no. know, that's, I know that, that line. The, the hel- helping the kids get home was fun and whimsical and I definitely would have ate it up more as a kid. Yeah. Uh, but then they started doing a BMX moves with their bikes. <laughs> what was with the BMX? <laughs> and I was just like, okay. Uh, this is, yeah. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> Again, it could be because I'm in my 30s and the part of me that's like historically yeah. accurate, which I should not be in this movie. No, no. Is this going... Those bikes are not physically capable of doing any of that. And it's right around the time of the Great Depression. So like, they, the, the rubber was rare. Yeah. So your wheels are probably either wood or metal. And you're doing. Oh, no. I would have loved to see that version where they, just, yeah. where they just eat shit. Where they just eat shit. And those things are made out of solid steel. So they yeah. weigh a ton. Yeah. And they oh. usually have tons of ladders on them and stuff. It gets a little. Insane. Yeah. Just... Yeah. <laughs> But I'm still on board for it. Like it's still fun it's still, to watch. It's, a, it's like, but I also wish they pulled back a little bit. Like they had a, a lot of these amazing sets and amazing dance sequences, and it suffers from what we do today, where we edit it too much. And they like, just let oh, me yeah. watch them dance. It's, it's and that's a big problem because the original lets you watch everyone dance. Yeah. To the extreme, like you can see, like the camera doesn't move. It doesn't edit. And. I, Rob Marshall, Rob, Mar- Rob Marshall for me is the biggest problem with this movie overall. Yeah. Every decision that he makes, the, the 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 choreography and the editing get in the way of well, the editing and the camera work get in the way of the choreography, and everything he does gets in the way of something that could be cool. I mean, that dance number in the China Bowl could have been cool. I couldn't focus on it. Because the camera was moving everywhere and doing all, it was all crazy. That was the only one that didn't bother me. But I, I it's still nuts. But it, that one didn't bother me for whatever reason. And the one that threw like completely, I had to pause the movie, stop, and leave for a while. Watching it was in the topsy turvy house. I hated that. Where I just I got so angry, and it's because of just I couldn't focus on what was going on, and I guess. And know, I didn't like the song. The, the song was awful. Meryl Streep. 
the I don't world. Know. She was like the mom from Bewitched. It felt like a situation where a director was afraid of their actor. Remember how of, I'm dealing with Meryl Streep. This is what she wants to do with the character. I should just let Meryl Streep be Meryl Streep, yeah. which I can understand. But at the same time, her choices were. Yeah. It's like Meryl Streep. Remember how good you were in Into the Woods? Don't do that. <laughs> Do opposite of that for this. Yeah. Wasn't that Rob Marshall too, though? Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't care for his version of Into the Woods either. Yeah. Like, I, I want to see a good version of that someday. And that's, it just gets into, for me, when I was watching it, I'm like, this movie is exhausting. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not... And also it, boring at the same again, time. again, one of the reasons why the original movie was so good is because there is only one kind of frenetic sequence, at least that I remember, and that was the animated one. Where there was a lot going on. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy yeah. set pieces, but yeah. really just the one that you're talking about. Right. But that's because cra- all the crazy set pieces were just crazy because they were whimsical. Yeah. They like in the world in the original movie, they weren't going. They were still on a rooftop. You never stopped being on a rooftop, especially during sure. step, yeah. In time. Yeah, step in time. Yeah, step time. And it was just amazing because of the music, because of the dancing. And there's only two moments in this movie that I can think of that was actually like just good because of the song. And that was when the husband, the dad is singing with the pearls about how he misses his wife. I love Ben. And then the sequence again about the mom, about lost things and how they're just uh, hiding or something like that. I forgot. Uh, Gone, but not forgotten. Gone, but not forgotten. And those are the only two moments where I'm like, okay, we're just really in a moment here. Everything else is almost like an action sequence in Transformers where it's just like, we gotta be like crazy yeah, and that's what I was just gonna say. It's yeah. a little Michael Bay of like, it could be bigger. Yeah, that's <laughs> what It could taint, be bigger. That's what taints the animated section for me is that even though the chase is exciting, an exciting chasing in a China ball with an action action carriage chase doesn't belong in a Mary Poppins anything. I think it does. I think it works. Like I, I think uh, it's... For me, it's one of those things where like that's a product of its time. When the original Mary Poppins came out, they could get away with a movie that doesn't really have an antagonist. You can't really do that now. Yeah, it's, like like no one would take you seriously if it was just fun the whole time, except for an you, existential crisis. If you made a movie about just pay attention to your kids more, I think people would get offended. Yeah, and like I just I don't think modern audiences would go for it like they used to back in the day. So I think you kind of have that little bit of menace. And like, yeah. sure, it kind of makes me bump against it, and I don't necessarily enjoy it as much. I think it was a necessary evil, and I think it. I think for what it was, they made it work, and I. I it was still a fun sequence. I agree. It feels out of place for what Mary Poppins was, but the, we've only had one Mary Poppins movie, so it's not like right. it's a really established. I think in thing. terms of, I mean, it is, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it just it was hard to stay focused with it in a way that other movies, like even the first one, was easier to pay attention to because you could spend time in the scene. Yeah, and this. And it's, I attribute it still to the Rob Marshall thing is there has to be something exciting going on in the frame at every second. Yeah. And we have to get through these like slow, quiet character scenes where they're crying as fast as possible to get to action chase, action, 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 jump around. Like this movie, like Chewie said, is very, uh, is very exhausting. Yeah. And I was frustrated the whole time watching this movie because of that. Yeah, no, I think the, the pacing is just a mess. I, I, I think the decisions make sense, but the packaging doesn't. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. Uh, let's talk. Uh, we haven't talked really specifics in anything beyond just plot details. The, is any like what else is specific in this I movie? I would say I, I'd say we we should talk the the original children. We should talk the new children. We should talk Mary Poppins. Yeah, and the design. And, well, let's start with the design because that's where you shine. Um, you, you definitely know more better than I ever will. Look, it's just one of the things. It's the whole reason that they keep hiring Rob Marshall to do these things. His background, because he has a, I'm assuming, I guess, I don't actually have a research. He know. has a background in theater. If he doesn't have a background in theater, he hires people that do. Because yeah. this movie, like the sets that they made for this are amazing. They're almost like opera level, like amazing. Oh, yeah. Where they were, the, specifically the one in the bowl when they're in the theater putting on the, the book song. I'll keep harping oh. on that because to me, that's the best part of this whole movie. And just the interactivity where they are, it's a real set with animated features and it does it's not CG features, it's animated features. I'm sure yeah. it's still computerized, but sure. whatever. Um, and they're actually interacting with the stuff and it's actually real. And, and it's done and it's done and the costumes so and it's good. all done as a theatrical presentation. So I I ate it up. 
And I and I know it bothered you when they had their costumes that looked like they were paintings. You I, kept saying that bothered me. I said, "What is this?" Because I thought it looked amazing. Oh, I that thought, was all positive. Like, what is happening? Sorry, like the the curve, like the um, what do you call the like part those on the hard edges that looked like painting? Like, it yeah, looks, yeah. Oh, like, it looks that so was good. Amazing. And I liked <laughs> I liked it when she was just like, "Be careful, it is porcelain." And then, uh, them walking around. Even even the uh, design of the topsy turvy house when you could see anything in it was really interesting. <laughs> that one again was just kind of, that whole sequence just felt like a mess to me. It was. And Ugh. and I'm a person who usually likes a good mess. Like I you like a good mess. A good a mess. That mess. was a bad mess. <laughs> but like when uh, they got to that scene it looked like they were going to contrast the prim and proper Mary Poppins versus her cousin who was very opposite and chaotic and have those two contrast each other in a very interesting way. And the set looked that way. Instead it was a scene that could be lifted out and no one would notice. Right, yeah. exactly. And I don't have anything else to say about that one. Um, uh, one I, the, I was going to say one of the sets that I really liked was the one that was uh, if you went to an AMC before it came out, you probably already saw this, but it was a really cool thing um, when they the first time Mary Poppins really Mary Poppins all over the place and she gets the kids <laughs> to take a bath. Uh-huh. Um, she pours the magic solution in the bathtub to make it so they could go into it. And what they built was a two story set. With oh, a yeah. tub That had a slide. So the way they all dove into it, they could have easily done that CGI. But Rob mm-hmm. Marshall's like, no, this one feels like it needs to be practical. Like I need to see them actually dive into the bowl. So that's what they did. They built a set where they had a slide and then she had to. Yeah. Hey, that's really It was cool. an amazing that's sequence. really cool. So cool. Yeah. And just, I mean, that's a great moment of whimsy and joy. Yeah. And. I wish there was more like genuine, genuine moments like because there was a build up to that where you're like she's cooking something she's literally like adding ingredients. Yeah, you're the whole time like <laughs> she's up to something. And yeah. the kids are like she's up to something, and I don't trust her. You mean yeah? <laughs> this woman just came into your house. She just came out of the sky. She's telling you you're dirty, and the first thing she wants to do is get you naked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, lady. <laughs> I'm gonna go outside and play with that clown. I'm gonna go say I need it. I need an <laughs> he adult. He seems safer. I needed an adult, and he that promised adult me balloons. Is not you. <laughs> he promised I'm gonna float. We'll float too. We'll get we're, there. We're gonna float later <laughs> when you choose the right balloon. All after tea, you can float after tea. <laughs> uh, and just the her outfits, her coats. Oh, I have coat envy. I would wear those coats every day, even in California where I would sweat out. (laughs) Like they were, it was gorgeous. Yeah. The level of artistry in this movie, there's, it's top tier. I cannot say that. It's the Michael Bay. Yeah. It it can be bigger. Rob Marshall is the Michael Bay of whimsical movies like that. He just, he doesn't know when to pull back, I guess. And and this one really has problems with that. But, uh, so if that's, just the design of it. Let's actually just talk about uh let's talk about the kids. So we'll start with the the original kids and we'll go on to new kids and we'll talk about the MP herself. Uh and maybe we'll find time for Jack. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I kinda don't care. Yeah. I love Lynn, but that's the end of that. And Lynn was uh, He's the Burt stand in, you know, yeah. doing the Burt stand in thing, so who cares? I like, mean they tried to find a modern day Dick Van Dyke, which there is none. So I guess the closest we have is Lin-Manuel. And I guess, yeah, he's good. He's great. Yeah. It's just, he, he's not Dick Van Dyke because there's only one. Yeah. And when he shows up, I was ear to ear grinning every frame he was on the screen. Right. We'll get to that later. And just turning him into a weird love interest for Jane. It was odd. It just never it really very, worked. Yeah. Yeah. So I have nothing to say about Jack. Uh, so let's start with Ben Whishaw and Emily Mortimer. Uh, two of my favorite actors. I love them both. One is Q. One goes, be careful, my bones. And it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just seeing them in, in a movie like this, where like, especially because like if you go deep into their careers, they've both played some dark roles. Yeah, so they're supposed to be mirrors of their parents, but kind of yeah. like failures compared to their parents. Which is just so weird that they I never went- took uh, Emily Mortimer's character, the original daughter. I never took her as a failure. I just took hey. her as not like affluent, but she yeah, seemed very not, successful she, in everything she did. I mean, she's able to uh, provide for herself and have her own flat. But in where she's doing nothing but public service all the time exactly. for the workers, which is nice. Yeah, so like she wasn't uh, she, a failure. She just but she's still supposed to be flighty and not really good at like noticing things similar to her mom. The movie yeah. tried hard to kind of dress down her personal qualities. Yeah, wherever they could. When it's like, no, you actually have a flat. You look like you're financially responsible. You're actually an activist. You're kind of doing some cool things. Yeah, yeah. Your, bro- your brother's a dope. You got to yeah. fix him. It's not that he's a the dope. Son, he just, yeah, he's supposed to be the opposite. He's the opposite. He's the same, but the opposite of his father. Yeah, where. He still ends up 
being very entrenched in the same bank, but he's bad with his money and he just wants to be an artist. Yeah. And again, they're making fun of artists with the uh, being bad with money. Yeah, which is it, weird. apparently his wife. Took but still, go see our us. movie that yeah. was made by a lot of artists. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I'm never a big fan of the the dead mom trope unless it's done well. And here, unfortunately, I don't think it was. She's no. just she's just a. She's dead to have, give him problems. Yeah. yeah. And you could have easily had all of these yeah. same problems, especially when you're going up against the the, the great slump is with what they call it. With her being alive. Uh, yeah, with her being alive. All yeah. these problems still would work. Even It could even work with her just out of town. Yeah. All of it still of, works. Yeah, the bowl thing would still work. Yep. Yeah. They'd be like, well, really, Apollo, she'll understand when she comes back. Or even if she's there. Yeah, I mean, we she'll didn't, understand. The, the, the long and the short of it, the easily way to solve this problem Get rid of Emily Mortimer and make him a wife, or make her a wife. Where's your sister? She's not here. Yeah, she's. But they wanted... or have her be the one that still believes in the magic of Mary Poppins. Yeah. Get rid of the Meryl Streep character and have the aunt like she actually have a cool place and like have the cool whimsy that she was able yeah. to keep the whimsy. The brother was not. There you go. You yeah. can kind of tie yeah. together and not have to kill the mother and spend just a fraction of a of the movie with but, Ben Wishaw yeah. being sad and a then move on. But that was just... a great scene. It was a great just... scene. But the movie was definitely interested in getting away from that as soon as he exactly. was done crying. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is, it's such sorry, an but easy ploy to kill is, yeah. to kill a, a wife to kill a mom. Yep. And Just, it's kill it's, a wife, kill a wife, kill a girlfriend, kill anything. It's it's a different version of refrigerating. After which you is not great. Yeah. After you shine a light on that dead mother thing in something like Wreck It Ralph two or <sighs> Ralph Breaks the Internet, once you shine a light on it that specifically, don't do it again for a while. Stop it. Yeah. Because it. I kept thinking of the Wreck It Ralph scene in this moment when I when I should be with Ben Wishaw with his sadness and feel it. Yeah, I couldn't connect to any of the emotional beats there because I was so busy in meme land because of the dead mother trope. And the the problem with that for me is that Ben Wishaw is selling the hell out of it. He did such a good job with yeah. the song. But he did a great job with the song. You can kind of tell he's not much of a singer, but they they wrote it in his range, so he makes it work. Um, and it works because he's it works with how sad he is and how broken yeah. he is as a father. Yeah. And then even at the end of the movie, when he has his floating song, it's like, yeah, he's not the strongest singer, but he's got a little bit of a range, and they just keep his notes in there, and it works. He's honest. And he's musically honest. <laughs> and still, as a parent, they still establish him as not a very uh, active parent. Because everything no. the kids talk about, it was like, well, mom taught us this. Well, mom did yeah. this. Mom made sure we were self-reliant. Mom made sure we could do all these things. And it's just like, was, was, did your mom really just do everything and let him yeah, draw stuff? Did. She yeah, she did. She didn't just draw stuff on the back of uh, bank shares. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. Like, that's kind of the thing. It's like, you, they kind you can't of make help. him an idiot. And it's like... And I don't want to feel like he's an idiot in the way that the movie made me feel like he's an idiot. There's yeah. a more like you're in over your head. That's what we were supposed to be feeling for him. Yeah. Is that... He's as a father, he's barely like he's barely dealing with it. Father, job, now single father, job. He he it's he's drowning. Uh, the boy. entire end sequence is actually really irritating. The getting the shares to uh him it, at the I stroke was, of you midnight. Know, at, at that at that point you have to just go with the ride because it's like they're gonna cheat their way to winning and they're going to win, so it's good to cheat your way to winning. Turn but back they, the clock. But they didn't cheat because the clock's been off by five minutes the whole time. Yeah. 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 I'm actually into it. Like I, that yeah, part, that, I, that's cute. I'm I actually kind of liked it. I like, was just kind of like Mary Poppins. You can fly this whole time, and look at these guys who are about to kill themselves trying to climb a clock. I thought that was hilarious though, because it's like <laughs> I'm going to watch you dolts try to do this, and then I'll come in and I'll, I'll come in and Here's rescue you. The problem you. with that scene though, because it's a major problem. Breaks the whole movie. Mary Poppins returns. Zero out of ten. Terrible movie. <laughs> uh, they're climbing the tower. He gets to the point where he can't reach it, and he goes, "I have an idea," and then. Maybe three seconds before that line, Mary Poppins like, oh, come on. It's like they haven't done this before. Implying that they've done this before. So why would he have an idea if he already knows how to do it? Uh-oh. I forgot about that. Yeah. Just broke the whole movie. But, but, I was but, actually starting to enjoy it. But I you know what? I don't. To, to quote Mary Poppins, don't think about it. Or you think too much. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> let's talk kids. Kitty, kitty, kids. Uh, thing one, thing two, and thing three. It's <laughs> thing one, thing two, and Georgie. Uh, and Georgie, yeah, because <laughs> Georgie's the only kid who really gets anything. And God damn it, that kid was good. Yeah. They got a good child actor in this one. It's interesting because they should have made it just two kids or one. I'm fine with it being three kids. It's just if you want it to be three kids, then write three kids. Don't write t- basically 
Well, I guess they wrote two kids. It's one full kid and two half. It's like in Multiplicity when Michael um, Keaton copies himself a couple times and you finally get to like two of them. Like, you guys are super- superfluous to this thing. Yeah. It's just kind of... It's just kind of unfortunate because you really, I mean, maybe because I saw it when I was a kid, but you really attached to the children in the first one. Like they're kind of your, like your through line. And well, this one's the line that they call to the line in the, in the beginning of this movie where uh, Jane giggles too much and, yeah. and Michael opens his mouth like a codfish, defining characteristics of their childhood selves that clearly set them into like distinct. Yeah. And, and these kids don't have a distinct thing yeah, other than really, we take care of our dad and, and then Georgie. Just, and they take care of Georgie. Yeah. And I it don't just, really get a personality from either of them. No, they're the twins. And we only find out they're twins if you're paying attention to one line where somebody refers to them as twins. Ooh. But the kids, I, I they did good for what they had. They did good for what they had. The movie wasn't as interested in them as it should have been. It was interested in Georgie. It's not the other yeah. two. Uh, let's talk the MVP of MP, Mary Poppins. I thought Emily Blunt did a good job. I she can do no I wrong. No complaints. <laughs> I mean, she's not as good of a singer as Julie Andrews, but who is? I would say she no, did no. as good as you could ever want anyone to do in the role who wasn't Julie Andrews. Yep, she is as good as it's ever going to get. One step short of Julie Andrews, but I still think Dick Van Dyke steals the whole movie. He's in the movie for 30 seconds. The cameo ruins the rest of the movie. It does. For everyone else involved. Because he's 93 years old. He's 93 old. years old and jumped on a desk. Well, you didn't see him actually get on the desk. He's that still was a- on a desk yeah. dancing. And Rob Marshall has come out to make sure that we all know. It actually is him. It was actually him. I've been in a room briefly with Dick Van Dyke. And yeah. that guy exudes an energy that I don't have in my 30s. He actually <laughs> found the cocoon. Like, he did. <laughs> He absorbed all of that. I mean, it makes sense. Now, I, since we've mentioned A 93-year-old man tap danced on a desk. <laughs> it's amazing. Since we mentioned his cameo, I, that's where my point of confusion was earlier when I said I thought I knew Mary Poppins. I thought he was the original banker that had the wooden leg named Smith joke, and he makes the wooden leg named Smith joke in here, but he's yeah. the son of the guy, even though he's got the same facial hair and same suit and hunch as the old guy in Mary Poppins. So there's the old banker who was kind of George's um, boss antagonist. Right, 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 And he had no sense of humor until George gives the joke a wooden leg named Smith. And then that character laughs the, for the first time and he floats up into the air. And at the end of the movie, it finds out that this banker guy, this boss, he dies. It's like, my father died laughing. It's great. You can work with us anytime as a partner. And that's how the first one ends. And when he showed up, I was like, that doesn't work. He's dead. I had to look up. It's his son. That makes more sense. Yeah, so they they did a they did a weird nostalgic switcheroo that caused me a lot of weird confusion for a, <laughs> longer than it should have. I mean, I I get that, but at the same time, like, but it was great to see Dick Van Dyke. It's so good seeing Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where it's like, if we could have, if, I mean, Corn was a few years older, and we'd watch this with him, that moment would be like, who's the old guy dancing? Like, yeah. it wouldn't mean anything. You to don't him. understand. But like, if you've ever been a fan of musical theater and musical like musicals and movies or anything, just just seeing him do anything, especially at ninety three and still being able to do it, just it, it is heartwarming. Like the definition of heartwarming. It was just awesome. Um, and it it does kind of ruin other things in the movie quite a bit. Like, because there's a whole other song after that that's actually, I guess, kind of fun with everybody flying through the air. But it wasn't. I couldn't stop thinking about the f- it, it, honestly, yeah. <laughs> because it, at the beginning of this movie, I made a joke about like, I wonder, you know, I made we all fly down or float down here, yeah. and then you're like, if we actually end with everyone floating, <laughs> like that's not possible, and then we did. This is Disney's <laughs> version of it. I just had this weird height thing where I was having some problems with like, how are they getting down? I mean, hopefully they can hold onto that string because of gravity pulling down so hard, and it's just so scary up there. I have a height problem. So to have everyone floating, I was like, this isn't, this isn't my bag. I mean, when they when they landed finally, I felt really happy and, and elated and safe. I think you're just really worried about your kid floating away. <laughs> so are you saying you haven't seen The Walk? No. You should see The Walk. Oh, I don't know if I should. <laughs> you should see it in 3D and IMAX. What's no. The Walk? You oh, yeah. wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, if, if you if you think holding onto a balloon is nerve-wracking, watch a guy actually Whenever walk. I fall in a, not not just a first-person video game, a fall, any fall of a great distance, I'm just, I gasp. And it's I freak out almost in first-person. if I. So you don't do the standard, like, uh, open-world thing, find the tallest thing you possibly can and jump off of it? Mm, I, I still, I try to fight it, but... <laughs> 
I mean, I have to. I, I, I if I can look, get a car up there, then I'm driving off of it. No matter what, I'm just launching my main character. I off. When I watch videos of GTA people in GTA flipping their cars and they're just going really fast and then they're falling, I'm like, <gasps> <gasps> so until how they were, crash. Did you not have that during the BMX bike sequences? Mm, pop it no. up in the air and then fall. Uh, I'm reaching would, again. I'm reaching. You just really don't like those BMXs. No, it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, th- th- there's, enough, there's totally enough distance. It was totally unnecessary. There's, a, there's enough distance between me and them on the bike thing. And mm. if they fall, whatever, you know. Sure. Because it's for a musical I mean, number. And it's and dark. And you can't see their faces. You really have no emotional connection to them. So. Right. They may, as well be, they may as well be pixels. You know, whatever. What haven't we said? Is there anything we've missed in this? I'm sure there's fans out there who've seen this movie who are like, you missed the most important thing. And I'm like... The message, maybe. Mm. If there's another message that's different. I didn't catch it. Um, I didn't catch it either. I don't think the message was in this movie. I don't think a message in this movie was as important as getting you to feel how you felt when you watched the first movie and to get your kids to it. Like you said, Brian, it's like, Go see the movie. That's yeah, the, that's, that's the, the message. message is come see our movie. And here's the thing. I'll, I'll say this much at the end of this. If you're still listening to us and we, we haven't pissed you off. If that hooked you and you enjoyed this movie, great. I'm jealous. I wish I had that capability. Just like, oh, yeah, this movie just wants me to come and have a great time. I, I wish I could do that. I can't watch a movie and not critically just try to rip it to pieces because yeah. that's just what we do. Yes. Um, I will still enjoy it while doing that. And this one, I just kind of didn't I, I, didn't I would probably have been able to just enjoy it if it didn't have the relatable things for the, the adults. finance yeah i don't because especially in a movie like this i mean it, i don't need the relatable stuff for being in my 30s and being responsible yeah i don't I need it for mary poppins like, part of the thing with mary poppins is that she is supposed to just make you feel good in the in the original movie, what makes it so timeless is not is that it's not as specific about the money thing. The money thing is a very abstract idea, and it becomes more about the father. It's all about the father and relating to his kids. Being and that, good parents, being good parents, and just being there for your kids. There's so many of those where it's like watching original Mary Poppins as a parent has a very interesting and different twist on it as you're watching it from the other side, where you have kids that suddenly you have a distance from reconnecting that lost childhood as an adult going back you know there's a very interesting themes going on here this one doesn't have it no they uh, try to the one moment they have it about him be becoming a better father is when he says don't insult my children yeah or whatever I'm like, it's cool like but okay, so here here's the the way that i'll look at this and then we'll, we'll move into quotes is essentially the original mary poppins did not come out during any of our childhood around this table no. Not even close. Many, no. many years before. Uh, and our parents still saw it fit to make sure that we saw it and enjoyed it, just like we will with our kids. I, I do not think there is a chance in hell that Mary Poppins Returns will have that same effect. Like, do I think that Corin will be like, sit down, son. You have to watch this amazing movie about childhood. Mary Poppins Returns. I, I don't think there's ever... No, we're just going to have him watch the original. No, I mean, what would he show his kids? Oh, what would he show? Because okay. <laughs> like that's the generational leaps that I we're think making it's still going to show the original. That feeds <laughs> into a very big worry that I've just had for my thirties. Yeah, that uh, you know, for all this stuff that we're showing our kids, you know, for example, my kids, uh, Karina has no has no Star Wars to show her kids other than just the Star Wars that we showed her. Yeah, yeah. and that's the very very ab- like the very basic example of that. Today, we don't have a thing. Like, they won't have a thing to pass down. That's kind of no. like when I, on last week's episode, when I referenced that article yeah. where he says yeah. there isn't any cultural moments in film anymore. There's just events, and events are fleeting. Yeah. Because, I mean, the MCU, I think, stands a chance at being something that, like, little boys and girls will be into for a long time, but it's a chance. It's not a guarantee. And it's a big collection of films. It's not a singular one. Exactly. As far as like a, the last major film that I think everyone had to see was Avatar. And Avatar, most people didn't like when they and walked out of it. And for kids, I would probably say Toy Story. May, yeah. Yeah, Toy Story. I mean, you can maybe say Jurassic Park, but that's still for older kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw them at the same time, but it, it's still like, yeah, I'd say for as far as like kids movies go, it'd be Toy Story. But I, I think to what you guys are saying... No one's really interested in that anymore. No one's interested in making those. I don't know if they are. The system just 
keeps not, them away. Like I'm not sure if that's fair. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who want to make those movies, and studios do not want to produce them because they're. A game. I'm definitely not being fair here. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. I think the the creative input and the creative people out there, there's definitely a thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, who want to make that movie, and it's just that it's a gamble. Uh, yeah, it's a and then to quote uh, the Wonder Woman director, I mean sincerity is not really in film these days no that's not a direct quote but that's but, what she yeah said. yeah that's the problem that's why a lot of people didn't like wonder woman she legitimately tries to be sincere it's like yeah. sorry and this movie i think it has legitimate sincere moments and i think they play really well but it's not as common as it definitely not as common as it was when the original came out yeah uh i think it's time for quotes quote unquote quote quotes I'm, mine is uh, mine is very important to me. Uh, I don't really remember the character that well from the first one, but either way, I love his moment in this movie. I was so into it, like the the insanity of it all and how stupid it was, but just the when the fucking Big Ben finally gets the time right, and just the captain is just so happy. Yeah, he finally got it right. <laughs> it's like, ah, I like that. That was sweet. And that was a, one of the callbacks to the original movie that I didn't remember right away. The moment they went to him with the cannon, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, with, before I watched this movie, I just didn't have any memory. Right. To me, yeah, it's, it's, the movie definitely was playing to people like me who remember that yeah. very distinctly. That's one of like those, for me, iconic staples of the first movie is just, time gun ready. <laughs> ready in charge, sir. <laughs> and just every, and the way the nonchalance of the parents in the first movie I'm just yeah. like, okay, I'm going to grab onto the vase over here. I'm going to grab onto the piano over here. And then the maid just bumps the piano back after the thing. Like, they're so casual about it. Uh, and it was a very interesting... Uh, there's such interesting things on the periphery in that movie that... Yeah, it was nice to have that callback and to yeah. get it. But it definitely made me spend a lot more time while watching the movie. Remember focusing on the... Yeah. 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 Uh, my quote is actually something that I've said similar in life. And I've actually kind of... <laughs> sort of been saying to a co-worker uh, about just, you know, trying to enjoy myself. Uh, We're on the brink of an adventure, children. Don't spoil it with too many questions. I do say that to people. And I mean, not exactly like that, obviously, but it, it does the, get annoying. We're just like, just go with what I'm saying and you'll enjoy it. It is the best Mary Poppins. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, am I... Uh, Quote is also a Mary Poppins one, and uh, it's in the very beginning when I re- when I saw started seeing the family and everyone was introduced and I was like, okay, the, the Banks children aren't doing very well, you know, she's probably gonna be here for them too. And then right afterwards, Mary Poppins arrives, and Jane's like, "What brings you here after all this time?" Poppins says, "Same thing that brought me here the first time. I've come to look after the Banks children." And then the kids, us, Mary Poppins, oh yes, you too. But then she never <laughs> actually helps the adults ever. But doesn't she? But does I mean, but she doesn't she? She could have helped better because she knew that that freaking uh, share bond thing was on the top of that box the whole time, and she just let Georgie go off with it and glue it onto a kite. Oh, Mary Poppins is like Loki's sister or something. <laughs> it's just like it was so. They're both tricksters in it, like. <laughs> and it's just the level of faith of it'll come back around. <laughs> But it's Mary Poppins. She knows it'll come back. Yeah, but you could have just, just saved people a lot of angst and time and just been like, hey, we got it. You know what would be great? A road trip movie featuring Mary Poppins, Loki, and Tigger. Oh. Poor Tigger. <laughs> they're going to play be the so dr- many mean tricks on him. Oh, yeah. It'd be delicious. Oh, they're going to eat Tigger? <laughs> Poor Tigger. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to... <laughs> See, I mean, if Disney had any balls, they would make that movie for me. And put it on Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> review system for today. Um, I mean, she is a wizard, so her she's fighting, a god. Let's be serious. She she does create light. She's a god yeah. um, with a bag of holding, a very <laughs> sweet bag of holding. All right. <laughs> review system for today will be how many spoonfuls of sugar will you give this movie? Remember, just a spoonful of sugar will help the medicine go down. So you don't need a lot. I mean, that's kind of a trick question for me. I would give it a lot of sugar, like a lot of sugar. There's too mm-hmm. much sugar in this movie. This this movie is like an energy drink where you added pixie j- sticks. Oh. So maybe you should like swap out the sugar for sweet and low. Yeah. <laughs> like we still want it to be sweet, 
but we want to be able to be more coherent and make sense at the end. I, I'm going to go a slightly different way. Uh, I'm going to go with a quarter teaspoon of sugar. So not a full spoonful because I didn't deserve it. And I don't want to give it sweet and low. That just seems mean. Um, I didn't really say sweet and low. Less I'm saying for me, not for you. I'm just saying I wouldn't give it sweet and low. I would give it a very teensy bit of sugar. Quarter teaspoon. Quarter table. Uh, quarter teaspoon. And uh, so it's a very little amount. Essentially a pinch. And essentially, the because the moments that work, I absolutely adored them. And the ones that didn't are also there. And they're not going away. Okay. Well, I'll change it to a little bit mine. It's okay. I got a bottle of corn syrup. Oh, God. <laughs> and one actual tea or spoon of sugar. But it'll be raw sugar, so it'll be pure. Okay. Okay. And that's the nostalgia and the really fun moments and style is then that raw sugar right there in that spoon. And everything else is in the freaking corn syrup where we're like, whoa, don't drink that. Just cool it. <laughs> that is so much better than mine. John, do you have one? Uh, yeah. This movie is like Robitussin that you pour into a bag of sugar and you just drink the bag of sugar. <laughs> both way better than mine <laughs> oh boy and then so, try to talk after that <laughs> you cloud of sugar uh so i would say all in all we enjoyed the movie we didn't love it no right yeah i mean we'll, right? we'll, we'll probably for, definitely watch it again at some point i don't think unless corin we will show it to him at some point no. i don't think i'm ever going back i think i could get away for a very long time with not letting the kids know this movie exists compared to the other one They'd be like, were there any sequels? No. Well, no. If, you're, if you're ever about to go into foreclosure, have them watch this movie and Maybe. be like, it'll be okay. Can you find the shares, please? <laughs> they might be in the board games or on a kite. Do you have a kite? Watch this movie and see how they did it and solve my problem. But no, this might be the first and maybe last time I'll see this. Yeah, I'm kind of right there too. If I was, If I were to happen upon it like if we were to go hang out at my sister's place and she's showing it to her yeah. girls i'd have no problem watching it again i don't think i will personally seek it out ever again yeah. i might seek out sequences i yeah. might like want to rewatch scenes and stuff but i don't think i want to watch the whole thing again yeah i might yeah, if i want to get those sequences into gift form maybe i'll just do that and watch yeah. the gifts yeah uh so plugs first plug out of the gate i'm gonna plug our upcoming episodes because we got a bunch and then we're starting our Halloween month is just a few weeks away. I'm so excited. I'm almost annoyed that we have to get through September 1st, but in September. Cancel we, September. We do have some good movies still coming out. Uh, we have The uh, First Man with Ryan Gosling, directed by Damien Chenzel, which uh, I've really wanted to see, and I just haven't had a chance, so I figure why not throw it on the schedule. And likewise, the week after that, we have Brightburn. Exact same situation. Really wanted to see it. Haven't had a chance. Throw it on the schedule. So I don't know if I like them yet or not, but it'll be fun. And then starting in October, uh, each one of us is picking our own horror film. And then we had somebody else, uh, which actually I just ended up being Chewy, picking another horror film. Yeah. Um, I let anyone from ATH Network get or pick one. She was first. And I uh, didn't do it immediately. There was some time. Oh, you, you left a long window and just nobody took it. So yeah. so be it. Um, <laughs> so those movies so far are uh, John is first with uh, Happy Death Day. Uh, and then Chewy has Revenge, which is a movie I know nothing about, but I'm looking forward to seeing. It is written and directed by a woman. Cool. Uh, that doesn't happen a lot with horror movies, so nope. great. And it's a rape revenge movie, which is really why I'm interested. That is interesting. I look forward to watching it as much as I can for a rape revenge movie. Uh, and then after that, we have Let the Right One Incoming, because I fucking love that movie, and I've never covered it on the show, and I'm very excited to do the that. The original, right? Because the... Not Let Me In. Right, okay, gotcha. Okay. Which is better than people give it credit, but that's not what I want to talk about. Um, and then we have House. Uh, the, is it Japanese? Japanese. House. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and yes. then... Talk about an acid fever dream. We're and gonna then have fun with that one, guys. Magically, I'm I'm way in advance on this one, but that's okay. Halloween lands on a Thursday this year, so how do we not release a Halloween movie on Halloween? That's pretty amazing, right? So we're doing Halloween three: Season of the Witch. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the one you told me is the worst? It is the worst. And I've never seen it. Uh, Amazing. That's I was convinced I had. And then I looked it up and I'm going through scenes. I'm like, I have never seen this thing. Yeah. I am very excited to watch it. And then uh, hopefully if things work out, Brock from uh, Damage Boost will be joining us on that episode. Oh, so, sweet. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, the whole like, I have never seen it, because, but I want to. So use a podcast as an excuse is definitely why I picked Happy Death Day. Oh, nice. I missed it completely and its sequel. And like a Groundhog's Day horror film? 
Sweet. That's a slasher? Okay, let's do it. I've seen it. I will save my opinion until we uh, we get there. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it to be either really bad or really funny or really good. Just, I'm ready for anything. Uh, rest of the plugs very quickly. Listen to every show on the ATH Network, which includes Venture Bros, Samwise, uh, Demon Days, Us, and Damage Boost. Uh, be sure to check out Superstore, which should be starting, uh, I think, next September week? September 27th. So next week. On my uh, birthday. Nice. I uh, believe that's the correct date. It's either next week or the week after. Uh, and then that's everything, right? That's all we're plugging? Oh, yeah. That's all we're plugging? Are also yep. articles on the website. Yep. Uh, Emily's got a great article series about uh, women and P- yes. POC filmmakers. Yeah, um, which is a series. So that comes yeah. out every Monday? Yeah. Tuesday? A Monday. Monday is the goal. It's um, essentially gives you a list of a movie to watch. Like, I have a huge, I have a list now of movies that I've been meaning, like, I didn't know existed that yeah. I really want to see that sound awesome. Yeah. So check out that article, uh, that article series. It's great. And that's everything. Thank you very much for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye. We will like fantastic. Return.